0: Well, hey there, Parkview. It's another week on our training podcast, and we're excited this week to have Kevin Complin, the president of the EFCA, joining us. Will you say hi, Kevin?
1: Hi. Great to be with you today.
0: Awesome. And we've also got Pastor Mark here. Say hi, Mark.
1: Good to be with you. Hi, everybody.
0: So as you hopefully know by now, this Sunday, we have Kevin coming um, to speak to us. We have one service together at 10 a.m. at Central Campus. If you're at East don't show up there. Show up at our central campus. If you normally come at 9 or 1045, don't show up. At those times, you'll be really early or really late. 10 a.m. at central campus. I uh, hope to see you there. We're excited to hear what Kevin has to say, and we get a little taste of who Kevin is and what the EFCA is about. Um, hopefully, you'll also remember just back in September at our congregational meeting, we affirmed the EFCA statement of faith, and so we're Yeah, diving in, learning about what the EFCA is. If you don't know, I know I'm learning right now and I'm starting to get excited and just really seeing the vision of what the EFCA is. So I'm excited to hear more from Kevin today and more from him this Sunday.
1: Kevin, I'd like to just have you share a little bit about your family and uh, what drew you to the EFCA originally and your history there.
2: Sure. Thanks, Mark. appreciate that. Um, Well, I actually grew up in a small town in far northwest Minnesota. Um, my hometown is uh, Thief River Falls, and we, in fact, we used to say when I was a kid that we had 10 months of winter and two months of bad sledding,
0: that as I get growing
2: up, I, <laughs> I love playing out, high, hockey outdoors and riding snowmobiles and all those winter kinds of things. Um, that was great, but the thing that shaped me most was growing up in a family where my mom and dad loved Jesus, and they loved each other, and they loved the church, and I had an opportunity to grow up in a wonderful uh, EFTA church, wonderful free church. They gave me great opportunities. Not only really did they introduce me to Jesus, but gave me great opportunities to serve, which really got me involved in ministry. And even as a as a teenager, had an opportunity to uh, through youth ministry in the church to be able to learn, to study the scriptures, and to be able to to lead Bible studies and do some leadership things crazy. I, I, they were crazy enough to let me preach a sermon. And, and back in the days when they had Sunday night services, all right. I, I was 16 years old. I preached a sermon. So it's amazing. But was it Was it good? Would, no, it was not. It's bad. I still have the notes. I'm not kidding. God is gracious. That's all I know. Is mm-hmm. that? But what, what they did is they gave us opportunities to be involved and invested in our lives and really shaped in me a love for Jesus, a love for his church, And 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 a love for the world. We we had um, my parents lived our family lived very close to the church, and we had missionaries in our home regularly. And Mm -hmm. so I I got this sense and this love for what God was doing through the church in my home hometown and around the world, and an opportunity to serve. So it was incredible uh, to be able to to be able to to uh, grow up in an environment like that. Yeah. Uh, a little bit about my family. Uh, my wife Becky and I have been married for 42 years and we actually met at Trinity in the Chicago area and were involved in some youth ministry there. I uh, graduated from uh, Trinity Evangelical Divinity School and then served a couple of churches, one in Southeast Minnesota in a university town and then in San Jose, California before being involved with our work in Reach Global in Africa and then the role I'm in now. Uh, we have four adult children and nine uh, grandchildren. Right. And excited to hear. I mean, it's fun to see they're they're involved serving the Lord in a variety of ways. In fact, we have twin boys and they're both on staff on the FCA churches in Minneapolis, St. Paul area.
1: Fantastic. Yeah. Hey, you mentioned uh, Reach Global in Africa. Would you tell us a little bit about your time doing that?
2: Well, yeah. In fact, it was really interesting. Uh, we were serving, I was serving a church in San Jose, California at the time, and we just felt like God was moving us to be be involved in reaching an unreached people group somewhere around the world uh, in connection with Reach Global, with the EFCA mission. And and so uh, the Lord, long and short of it, the Lord led us to partner with a new work in the country of Tanzania and East Africa. And for about eight years, we had a dozen teams from our church in Africa. I went multiple times training leaders and and out of that, the Lord really opened the opportunity and stirred in our hearts to step in to take the leadership role for the continent of Africa, sub-Saharan Africa, for Reach Global. It, I, I was able to do that for 10 years. I and mean, we traveled across the, country, across the continent. We had staff in six countries and partners in another 15. And what we saw God do was incredible, Mark. I mean, we, we saw the Lord raise up African church planters and trainers That started in five countries. We helped them to develop some training materials for training church planters. And in the course of of about a 10-year window of time, there were 20,000 church planters trained and over 5,000 churches planted in these countries, all by African leaders. And, And at the same time, we were able to see these global missionaries from the U.S. come in alongside these national leaders train them and and to be able to encourage them as well as to be involved in some places working among some of the least reached people in Africa and to, to have staff in, in, in places where there was literally no church and to engage in that. Uh, God did more than I could ever have uh, imagined when I started doing that and had the opportunity to be involved in that for 10 years.
1: Uh, so wonderful to hear that. I mean, 5,000 church plans. It's just, it's just mind boggling. Uh, it, well,
2: it is. And, and to see, I mean, just and another example. I mean, I was just um, in November of last year in the Democratic Republic of Congo for the 100th anniversary of the Congo Free Church. that was started by our missionaries, obviously a century ago. And today they have fourteen hundred churches. They have multiple different ministries to different. I mean, everything from widows and orphans to uh, focusing on on uh, special needs kids to church planning and leadership training and touching the lives of literally well over a million people. Wow. And to see that as the result of decades of investment of EFCA missionaries and churches and seeing the gospel take place, take, take off in a place like Congo.
1: Wow. The Lord is good.
0: Yeah. Wow. He is. <laughs> it's incredible. All right. So as we already said, you're currently serving as the president of the Evangelical Free Church of America. Can you explain to our congregation, to our audience, what the EFCA is and what makes it unique compared to other denominations?
2: Sure. Well, uh, the Evangelical Free Church of America is uh, an association, a really a fellowship almost, uh, maybe is a better term, mm-hmm. uh, of, of autonomous and interdependent congregations across the United States. That, that really are, What holds us together is a statement of faith that we share and a sense of common mission that God has us on to be able to see God glorified as, as as churches are planted and revitalized and encouraged and leaders are raised up so that we can see really transformational churches at work in communities among all people, all across the United States. And so it's been fun for me to be able to serve as a part of that. Uh, some 1,600 congregations across the U.S. And we also, through our Mission Reach Global, have over 500 staff, about 500 missionaries in more than 40 countries around the world, um, number of other ministries being talked about later that relate to those things. But I think what makes part of what makes the EFCA unique is this sense of what I would call. The, the, the autonomous and yet interdependent nature of who we are. Mm-hmm. And so um, the, the free and free church matters to folks. I, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I laugh about that. that, that there's a sense of local congregations being able to determine who the leadership in their congregation is and the kind of ministries that God might lead them to. And, and yet there's a sense of family and we're working together toward the accomplishment of God's work and God's mission. And I'm watching some things happen right now as I see local churches working together with our districts, We have 17 of them across the United States, different geographical areas. Um, You all are in our central district, which is Iowa, Missouri, and Arkansas. And and to be able to to see working together local churches and districts with our national ministries and in some cases with our international ministries to see the work of the kingdom of God go forward and, and to see... Uh, transformational churches multiplied all over the place to the glory of God.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I was at the EFCA Worship Leader Gathering just last week, and it was cool to see people from all over the country that we have, you know, some things we might differ in, but we have, we unite around that, the beliefs of the statement of faith and just really come together around those things and wanting to see the kingdom of God move forward. So that's awesome. Yeah. Um, Can you describe some of those key ministry initiatives or programs that the EFCA is currently involved in?
2: Oh, I mean, that, it's, I mean, it's fun to, to look at some of the the initiatives that we're having, that we have going um, internationally and nationally, and we start here in the U.S. I, I think part of what we see out of our national office in Minneapolis here in ministry in the United States as we partner with our districts to serve our churches is a, a ministry focused on students. It's uh, called REACH Students, and out of our student ministries, connecting with districts and churches all around the U.S. to see strong, vibrant student ministries within Mm -hmm. our churches. In fact, this coming summer uh, will be our our, uh, challenge conference, which is every other year. It'll be in Kansas City this year, and I mean, we're praying there'll be 4,000 or more students that will be in Kansas City for most of a week learning and serving and worshiping together and to see their lives really impacted for the gospel. So there's a whole student ministries initiative that's a part of that. Certainly, church planting is a part of what we do. At our Reach network, which is our church planting a network mm-hmm. across the United States of raising up church planters to see churches planted where in communities where they don't have solid gospel witness. And I know a Central District where you are is deeply committed to see that happen all across the Central District. And we're able to partner together, to do that. And then, as we think about what we call our all people initiative, which is to be able to see uh, the the kingdom of God expand and impact in the lives of of a, of a host of variety of people from different cultures, mm-hmm. um, say you know different ethnicities and cultures. And as we think about different parts of the country together, there's this this sense of uh, the gospel for all people, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. wanting to see that go forward. Uh, those are some of what we're, we're thinking as we look at nationally. And, and there's thinking about internationally, I mean, there's some, some uh, wonderful work that God's doing through Reach Global, our mission. Reach Global Crisis Response is an initiative that we're available to help in crises around the country. And um, right now, there, um, I know there's some significant work that's going on in uh, down south in Florida from a major hurricane that went through about a year ago, mm-hmm. work in Hawaii after the huge fire that happened in Maui, some things that are going on there, and also around the world in different places. In, in, the, in the face of crises, a mission field opens. Mm-hmm. And so with crisis response, churches are able to go and send teams, and it's a, it's a wonderful initiative to be able to engage local churches to serve in that way. Uh, Global Fingerprints, which is our child sponsorship program that gives amazing opportunities for children in multiple countries around the world. Some 5,600 children now are a part of that and individuals and families to be able to to provide the kind of both spiritual and physical help in the lives of these kids and, and thinking what God is continuing to move ahead. And some of those are just a few of those sort of initiatives that we have going on on top of missionaries we have sent around the, around the world and uh, kinds of training and things that we have um, as a movement of churches. Yeah, that's sweet.
0: That's a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah
1: it's a, it sure is.
0: Uh-huh. Well,
2: it, it is a lot. And in fact, you know, one thing, I just got off a call literally uh, 10 minutes before I, we got on this call to talk about this with, with, with two district superintendents, um, uh, one district staff, a REACH global missionary, and me from the national office, and we were talking about a new initiative in in San Francisco of seeing evangelism take place with a missions mindset in one of the one of the most, I would say, needy, spiritually needy places in the United States. Mm-hmm. And so we're seeing that sort of connection, right? Between what do we learn from missionaries of how we could take and look at even cities in the United States of ways ways that we could have that kind of impact. And that's the the collaborative working together that I love about being a part of the EFCA.
1: Beautiful. So how does the EFCA support local churches like ours? I think that would be good for our people to know some of those things.
2: Sure. Well, you know, I think there are a number of ways that we can come alongside. I mean, some very practical ways um, we we are working and have been working now for a while to develop a, a page on our website actually—it it said uh, EFCA.org is on the website. There's a page called EFCA Help, mm-hmm. and it is just filled with resources for local churches. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything from videos to to Bible studies to uh, uh, you know graphic artwork and a variety of other things that help our churches. So our, our desire to say, how do we help you? So we're wanting to do that even with our website from blog posts and articles and trainings and things that we can do there to come alongside our local churches. I mentioned some of our conferences for local churches. I, I talked about our challenge conference that will take place uh, next summer, but we have a theology conference every uh, first part of every year. It'll be this year in the Chicago area in early February at, uh, at the Compass Church. And it's a great opportunity for leaders from local churches to come and have their in a sense, theologically be sharpened in biblical foundation of who we are. Um, the the You've you mentioned just a moment ago about the worship leaders gathering mm-hmm. and the affinity group. Mm-hmm. We have, a, a, I would say, probably 12 to 15 different affinity groups mm-hmm. where we gather people of different life interests together across the FCA. So it's worship leaders, children's ministry, campus pastors, uh, senior pastors of churches of different sizes, missions leaders and missions pastors. Those are just a few, and how we can gather together. Because one of the things that I think we it's important that we do as the EFCA on a national level is to convene people for the right reasons, get yep. them together, yep. to learn from each other, to encourage each other, and to be able to continue to recognize you're not alone. Mm-hmm. And so those are some of the things that, that we're able to do, I mean, certainly you know, I mentioned things like crisis response and, and Global Fingerprints and Child Sponsorship Program. There's a ministry called Immigrant Hope, which which helps new immigrants into the United States to be able to, in a sense, find a legal pathway to where they're, how they could get established here. Um, that's a part of that that works through local churches. Our uh, theology and credentialing gives great great foundation, both theologically, but helps staff members in local churches to pursue credentialing uh, for them and certainly sending missionaries is something that's been a part of the free church for 150 years. In fact, we even came together as a denomination primarily to train leaders, plant churches and send missionaries. And those are the three of the main things that we continue to do in ways I think that we could come alongside your church to encourage you
1: wonderful and I've been blessed by many of those over the years as well and I will tell you you mentioned uh, EFCA crisis relief uh, we have a Thanksgiving offering here annually and uh, one of the things we do is we look for targets for where that some of those funds will go and and one of our targets is EFCA crisis relief we just I was so uh, impressed by what they're doing and and how effectively they're they're using those funds and so that's one of our targets and so Parkview Church we want you to know that that some of what you'll be giving toward the Thanksgiving outreach uh, or th- Thanksgiving uh, offering will be going toward that. i got a couple questions for you, Kevin, and, and I'll, I'll give sure. them to you together. They're kind of similar. Uh, some yeah. of your challenges and opportunities and, and engagement and participation. So what are some of the unique challenges and opportunities you see for the EFCA in today's culture, uh, cultural and social landscape? And on top of that, I would ask, uh, how can our church members actively engage with the EFCA's mission and initiative?
2: Well, as far as what I see, the unique challenges and opportunities. I mean, we we live in a culture today uh, where there's significant polarization, where there's uh, I, I, there's I, we just see. I think folks in our in our culture today wrestling with everything from fear to anger to uncertainty to not no, not knowing what's coming with with the rapid both change around us. And just when we see the turbulence of what's going on in our world, yeah. and so when I look at that, I think there's opportunities for us to be able to make sure that we're pointing people first to Jesus as the Savior and the hope of the of the world and the hope of uh, eternal hope for them. But I think it's also an opportunity for us to demonstrate the winsome, compassionate heart of Jesus in the midst of a really broken time. And and I think when I think about Even the why we do what we do in ministry, it's sometimes easy for us to go, well, we should do this and this and this and this. All those things are important, but we need to at times boil that down to why do we do what we do? And I think when I look at the scriptures, it really, it comes out of the compassionate heart of God for people far from him, mm-hmm. who, who, who he sent his son to be able to bring people into right relationship with him. And it's out of that sense of the compassionate heart of God, I think we then, as, as, as the EFCA, can step into that in the midst of a broken culture. And to love people and to point them to Jesus and to be there for them and to walk alongside them and to not get caught up in in this sort of angry polariz- polarized world we're in, but rather to say let's keep our eyes on Jesus and focus on the truth of the Word of God and continue to in, to really be the church that would give the Lord Jesus um, uh, glory, but would also introduce people to Him as the the most important, uh, obviously. Uh, person that could ever change their lives, would change their lives forever. That That's a huge part, I think, of the opportunities for us in this cultural landscape to truly be the church in a way to do that. Now, how, how your church members can engage in the EFC's mission, I, I, mean, there, I think there are a number of ways you could do that. I'm certainly to pray that that for the things that I've talked about. Um, there's ways that you can get involved in supporting missionaries or, you know, supporting church planters as far as if people would want to get financial support for things. But, but I think some of it is looking for ways to get involved you know we mentioned crisis response certainly there's opportunities for you to give to crisis response there's opportunities for a team for your church to go and yeah. serve somewhere mm-hmm. yeah. as well with crisis response there's short-term mission opportunities through reach global there's things within your district that your church can engage with whether its church planting or or different retreats and things like that I think those are the ways to engage with the mission of seeing the gospel go forward. Just a few ideas.
0: Mm -hmm. Fantastic. All right. Moving on to more of a personal, maybe some fun questions for you just so we can get to know you a little bit better, Kevin. Sure. Uh, Beyond your role as the president of the EFCA, what are some of your personal passions and interests that you bring into your leadership?
2: Well, I I would say for me, um, I love people. I love being with people. In fact, one of the great joys of my life is to be able to be out in different opportunities to be with pre-church people across the country.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So uh, for me to be able to come and be your church on uh, you know, on Sunday, uh, uh, Becky and I are excited about that because we love being with the church. It's opportunities to be at various district conferences, pastors' gatherings, because to me, the thing that, that motivates me is seeing people's lives impacted and changed because of their relationship with Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. and to be able to see, in a sense, God's mission, God's heart for the world, God's heart for the growth of his church, to see that lived out, and in my role as EFCA president, I have this unique kind of 30,000-foot view of what God's doing across 1,600 churches and 17 districts and missionaries all around the world, and to see what God is doing, and it is exciting. Exciting to watch that happen. Mm-hmm. So th- that's sort of the interest for me is to see where God's at work and engage there and encourage the people that are involved in it.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. It's a good thing when church people like people. That's an important yep, trait. No I'm, kidding. You know? no kidding. <laughs> it's really
2: important.
1: You, you get a full dose of that too. It's really important. Yeah.
0: So when you're not working, running you know, 1,600 churches, 17 districts, whatever free time you do have. What do you have any? Do you have any? What do you enjoy doing?
2: Oh, yeah, I do. I, in fact, uh, I, my wife, Becky, and I, we, we love to walk. We love to just mm. get out in nature and see the things that God's created. We love that. Um, I love to read. Um, in fact, if we have an opportunity, Becky and I love to go to baseball games. So if in the summertime, if we're in different cities, if we can, we sneak an opportunity to go and watch a baseball game together to be able to do that. Um, and, and part of it, we, and this kind of, kind of goes back to just love being with people. I mean, we, we love to just go out and have dinner with friends and engage them and what's going on in their lives and learn more about them and to be able to connect with them. And, you know, having nine grandkids, uh, it's fun to go and be with them. And now they're getting old enough. They're starting to play sports and have music, you know, recitals yeah. and all that and get to go be the grandfather. That's always a good thing. too.
0: That's awesome. Wonderful. All right. If you could share just one thing with our congregation about the heart of the EFCA, what would it be?
2: I think the the key that I would share is that from the heart of what God called us to do is to be able to see the heart, be a part of seeing the heart of God for a broken and lost world. Mm -hmm. That they would know the love of Christ and be brought into relationship with him. And the fact that we get to do that incredible ministry together, we don't have to do it alone. We get to do it together in local churches and EFCA churches in partnership together in districts and places around the world and sending missionaries that we have an incredible mission God's called us to do. And we get to do it together. That to me is one of the great joys.
1: Wonderful. Kevin, we couldn't be more excited about you coming. Uh, I just, I am so honored that you took our our invitation and are willing to come. And I know that uh, Parkview is going to just be blessed by hearing you. Mm-hmm. And so, just we just want to thank you for that in advance. And if, let me just uh, wrap it up with saying, how can we be praying for you and the AFCA?
2: Well, I, I think as you pray for the EFCA as a whole, I think it's it's a focused prayer that we would. He's going to show my baseball love. That we would keep our eye on the ball for what God is asking us to do. There's just there's a lot of things that mm-hmm. can come and and be kind of pulling and and back and forth, and to just make sure we're doing what the Lord asks us to do. That we're on mission with Him. That we're continuing yeah. that, and that we're walking well with leaders, you know, pastors and church leaders like you, and and to be able to say how can we walk together in that pray that we would stay true and focused on those things. I think that that's really important. And just for me, that God would grant me a wisdom. There's things I there's things I regularly pray for myself and for others. And that's that I'd have wisdom to lead well. And it's wisdom from above, not just not just human smarts. That the favor of God would be clear in what's happening and what in the opportunities God's given me. That that there'd be the empowerment of the Holy Spirit that would really lead and guide what I do. And that the Lord would protect me because I I do know for any of us who are involved in ministry and leadership, the enemy doesn't like what we're doing. And so those four things are things I always ask people to pray for me. And I'd appreciate, um, as I share with you, that you'd pray those things for me.
1: Yeah. Let me just wrap our time up with doing that. Father, we just thank you so much for our brother, Kevin. And we just ask you to be with him and and go before him pray for the EFCA that they will keep their eye on the ball. They'll, They'll remain focused on the things they need to be focused on. Lord, for Kevin, we just ask that you will give him that wisdom that comes from you and that you'll empower him and guide him and that he will just sense you just leading him every step of the way. And we do pray for protection for him just on every angle. Lord, we know the enemy just fights against that, which, that, which you love and what you want to see happen. And so we just pray for that. And, Lord, we just commit it all to you in the name of Christ. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much, Kevin. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. I'm glad to, excited to hear you again on Sunday and just yes. for our church together. Reminder, 10 a.m. at Central Campus <laughs> for everyone listening.
2: Yep. Uh, hey, well, thank you. I'm looking, well, we're looking forward to being there with you and thanks for the opportunity to interact with you today. It's been wonderful. great.
1: Yeah, yeah, wonderful. See great. you soon.